podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge miss cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger miss cake. Or the worst miss cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not tasty cake, it's a miss cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty cake. Except no substitutes. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Goodbye, my friend. It's a Stevie special on the Day Trippers. coming the end you hoped it would be in a more glorious context that would have been fitting you thought let him have just one league title you pleaded to your chosen deity but nobody was listening and now Stephen Gerrard the man that many have elevated to a status alongside even ahead of Kenny Dalglish as the club's greatest is taking the dollar strewn path to the MLS his last season will have no fairy tale triumph in either of the two biggest competitions and the best he can hope for is the comparatively prosaic success of helping his beloved club secure qualification for a Champions League tournament which he will watch from his salubrious new American home I'm Trev Downey and I'm joined in the bunker to reflect on all things Gerard by Neil Gray and Phil Casey and on the line by Gunnar Ragnarsson but before we talk amongst ourselves here we've got Neil Poole Jay Riley, Mark Simpson and Sasha Nakrani, who are all going to make contribu- contributions uh, of their memories of Stephen Gerrard. Right, first up to have a little bit of a reflection on all things Gerrard is Neil Poole. Um, Neil's been on the show before plenty of times and um, uh, we have a very, very good working relationship with this chap. Um, Neil, I'm going to ask you, like I'm going to ask everybody else, um, to recollect for us your most memorable Gerrard moment, then your favourite goal, and if you have any funny moment that stands out for you as well. Yeah, no worries, mate. Okay, Brilliant. so, so as um, as a British person, it's my God-given right to enjoy watching sports. People cry, so <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, probably an unusual choice, but but my genuine one is the tears of Gerard at the end of the Man City game. All right, uh, last season when it looked like we were going to uh, win the league. Yeah, now it might sort of seem a little bit strange because obviously we went on to not win the league. But I think what was really good about that is, is in this day and age of football, so gentrified and 
we've become so cynical. And even though we love the game, we sort of like hate the players. Yeah. It was just great to see that Steven Gerrard was uh, a lad who went to the same school as me. He was two years below. He grew up in, in the same area. Um, so to actually see someone from the same background as you still being, you know, being like one of the best footballers in the world. And when it comes down to it, he's just still the same as all of us. And it mattered that much to him. And he wanted to win the league that much. And playing for Liverpool um, sort of means so much to him. It was just great to see, you know what, some of these footballers still are like us. So even though it was a bittersweet moment, I think it was one of those things that strips away sort of all the um, the cynicism out of football and the sort of shows that a local scout lad to go on to become the best player in the world. The thing he cares about most still is Liverpool and trying to win something with them. So I'll go for that for my most memorable moment. And would it be fair to say, Neil, that um, uh, despite the whole British stiff upper lip thing, there was a, an L tear in your own eye as you were watching that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much spend my life crying <laughs> when it comes to watching like, Liverpool. Yeah. I'm terrible. I mean, I go to the I go to every single match and I still fill up every time you never walk alone comes on. I'm, 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 I'm ridiculously uh, sort of romantic and mentally weak. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, that, that was a great moment. Fantastic. Um, what about, your, what about the, the, the goal that stands out for you? Well, the goal, again, it's probably one of, not one of his most significant goals, but I truly believe it's his best goal. And it was the goal against Middlesbrough in 2005. Oh, yes. It was the one, he, it was at Anfield. Um, it dropped on the half volley, it was about 30 yards out. It was, uh, yeah, just to the right of the um, the 18-yard box. And he just hits it as clearly as you can hit a ball. Hits the, uh, goes on the outside of his right foot and yeah. it just goes in the top left-hand corner. And yeah. it's absolutely perfect. And I wasn't actually at that game, I was away that year. And it's one of those where I really wish I'd been there. Sort of, I would imagine watching that in the cop from behind it, looked, it would have looked even more spectacular but I think that was an absolutely exceptional goal I think an awful lot of people agree with that one the way he hits across it is just beautiful All right. Um, what about then to wrap it up Neil what about uh, anything that stands out for you in terms of maybe something more humorous that you associate with Gerard? I think the best I mean the, the weird thing is it'll be interesting to hear what other people say about this because with Gerard. He's not really synonymous, is he, with laughter and, and humour and things? Yeah, yeah. You know, but the, I mean, I wasn't laughing at it at the time, but like, like in hindsight, back in, I think it was 2010, we played Birmingham and it was one all, and then Rafa took Torres off, yeah. and there was that picture of the, the look of absolute oh, yeah. disbelief <laughs> that, yeah. that Gerard was uh, got caught. Um, so the way he was just looking and he was thinking exactly what every single fan was and in a way I think maybe that's what brings back to the best point again mm. is the funniness of it was at that moment in time for a lad who sort of very much you know keeps a stiff upper lip and tries to keep things at bay those times when his emotions betray him and uh, when he was just like what on earth are you doing taking Torres off and if I remember correctly he brought Ngog on didn't he yeah. and yeah. he missed shed loads of chances <laughs> and it, it ended up one all yeah. So I think that was in hindsight funny. <laughs> Though at the time it wasn't, but Class. but just generally over the <laughs> over the years, the quiet contempt <laughs> that Gerard has had, and the sort of just the general passive aggression um, on the yeah. pitch as he just looks at a load of shit around him has amused me quite quite a lot. <laughs> um, I'm just <laughs> can we safely assume then, Neil, uh, to, to wrap it up? Can we safely assume that we'll see Stephen on the cover of Everywhere Liverpool till the end? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll make it easier for me. Good he's, done me a fa- he's done me a favour. I don't have to think now. Good man. Good <laughs> <laughs> and when you don't have to think, it's the best way That's to be. That's the best way to be. It's, it's how we operate exactly. here at the Day Trippers. Yeah. Not right. a big believer in thinking. It's overrated. Nah, it's completely overrated. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate your thoughts. Okay, we have Mark Simpson up next. Um, Mark, a veteran of the show. Uh, it's great to have you back, Mark. Wondering if you might give us a few of your thoughts on Jared. We'll start maybe with what you think is your most memorable Stephen Jared moment. Yeah, um, most memorable, and, and I'm sure quite a, a few other people will go for this one. It has to be the Olympiacos game, uh, purely for the simple fact that um, it was such an important game. He's obviously come out in the press uh, like in the build-up to the game, saying you know if, if we're not in the Champions League, he would be considering his future, uh, and just to how it all sort of transpired, where we went, you know, we went behind and had to score those three goals, and it, and it came to the last sort of ten minutes, and it was him who actually scored the, the goal that put us through. Mm. It was sort of it, it gave that season the kickstart that it needed, mm. uh, and and just the, the the whole sort of factors and the narrative around that season. Yeah, um, I keep coming back to it. I think that's the most defining Stephen Jard moment that, that I keep coming back to personally. And obviously, that's a goal in itself. But was there any other memorable goal that stands out for you? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this, and as, as far as the most memorable goal, it's the one that I actually saw live, and it was it was in the same season, and it was at home against Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I managed to get a ticket. I didn't get to many games that season, but I actually got to that one, and I was sat in the cop. And I remember the ball coming over from defence and he's controlled it and he's hit it on the half volley. And I, and I don't know if anybody remembers it. Uh, you can definitely find it on, on YouTube. Um, but basically, he hits it on the half volley and the swerve on it is, is unreal. And I'm literally sat right behind the line of the ball. And it, 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 the, the way he strikes it, it's going away from the goal and it just comes back and it nestles in the top corner. Yeah. And it was 1-1 at the time and uh, there, there wasn't long left. Uh, and, 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 and that goal for me... Is my most memorable Stephen Jarrett goal because the one that I saw live. Yeah, well, that's 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 pretty special to have seen that. Um, what about uh, over the years? Anything kind of humorous or funny that you associate the, with him? The funniest ones. I've I've I've, so I've I've got two. The first one's quite a recent one, and it was in the preseason friendly, and it was when Javier uh, uh, Saviola did a dive in, in in the friendly, and, and the camera cuts to Gerard, and he just goes Javier. And just goes fucking shit house, and just walks away. <laughs> and it, it, it was it, it's on Vine. You'll easily be able to find it. I remember it was, it was tweeted out like consistently for the next twenty four hours. So it was, that's like the most recent one. Yeah, and I, I love that. And then the second one, it was quite a few years ago. I think it was after an FA Cup game, and, and this one has always stuck with me. It's him and Zabi Alonso doing a post match interview. I think in in the dugout. And Gerard's talking, and he's talking away to the cameraman. All of a sudden, his foot slips, oh, and he yeah. almost slips on his ass, and he goes off camera. As cool as you like, gets up and goes, I hope that's not on camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually <laughs> remember failed, that. He failed to remember that it's live TV, yeah. as, he's, as he's saying that. And, and Zavi, just cool as you like, looks down at him, and, and he just keeps on going with his interview. Those yeah. are the two moments for me, but uh, funny ones that stand out. Um, yeah, class. Two gems. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate so, the thoughts, Mark. Okay, we're delighted to be joined by Jay Riley now of AI um, and the Red Room. Jay, I uh, want to ask you the same questions that we're asking a few people here and uh, to get your opinions on them. Um, what would be your most memorable Stephen Jarrod moment? I think um, you've got to look back to the, the Olympiacos game because it was our very own modern day St. Etienne moment, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, was struggling with a goal down at half time and came back and we still needed another goal towards the end of the game and obviously 
the moment he had hard struck it and it went in. It was just, you know, it was green well, wasn't it? And Liverpool have been struggling that season. Yeah. And, um, you know, we needed to get through by scoring two clear goals, you know, win the game by two clear goals. And that's exactly what happened. And it was very reminiscent of St. Etienne. And, you know, that's always one that's going to be very memorable because obviously we knew what led from that then because we went on to win the European after the European Cup. So, that's always going to stick in the memory for me. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue with that one. What about what about apart from that? Any other goal that stands out for you uh, as particularly memorable? I think uh, a lot of people will say the FA Cup final against West Ham in two thousand six, mostly because you know obviously it was going into injury time. Liverpool were three two down and scored a fantastic goal from thirty yards, but. The one that sticks in my mind that was a fantastic goal was in 2009, Liverpool played Real Madrid. And I know Real Madrid at the time weren't the team that they are now and they've been in the past. But, you know, Liverpool had won 1-0 in the Bernabeu through Ben Ayun and then the game at Anfield just blew them away. You know, we won 4-0 and the goal that I remember from Gerrard was a half volume to the top against a win. After uh, some fantastic wing play by Bayern Babel came over and Gerard is on the half volley top yeah. of the net so, absolutely fantastic goal and that's one that sticks in my mind yeah that was an absolute gem wasn't it and a fantastic night as well which helped it what about um, to, to wrap it up then anything humorous or any funny moments you associate with Gerard over the years well, obviously he's a local lad isn't he so the derby games are vitally important to him and he means so much to him as you do with fans and there's one occasion in his, earlier on in his career, I think it was 2001, when he scored at Goodison. And um, basically, he cut his ear and he stuck his tongue out and he ran down the length of the Bullens Road and just basically told the Evertonians. I thought it was a fantastic moment, but maybe in hindsight, he probably thought, you know, that a lot of stiff over the years off Evertonians. And down to, a lot of it's down to jealousy because he's been a fantastic footballer. He's, he's achieved quite a lot with Liverpool and you know, they've been quite poisonous at times, you know, about his family and all that, his family life and his children. But um, it maybe yeah, a lot of it stemmed from that celebration of Goodison back in the day. Yeah, very good, very good. I think a lot of us enjoyed that one. That's fantastic, Jay. Thanks a million, mate. And we're delighted to be joined now by Sashin Nakrani of The Guardian. Um, Sashin's going to talk to us about a few of the same topics that we've been speaking to other people about. Uh, Sashin, could I start by asking you what your favourite or most memorable Stephen Jarrod moment is over the years? Yeah, mine's um, maybe slightly strange one, but it was actually it's actually not a goal or a tackle. It's actually a sound that Stephen made, and it was when he uh, when he lifted the the European Cup in Istanbul. Uh, if you sort of listen back to it, if you watch back the clip at the very moment he lifts the trophy, he actually kind of screams as he lifts the trophy. It's kind of it's kind of very excitable scream that sort of a six year old would make, you know, yeah. having been told by parents that he's going to Disneyland or something. Yeah, and for me, it's just a beautiful. Because it's the kind of sound I think any of us would make if we were in that moment, if we had, you know, we were lifting the European Cup for our boyhood club, and it was the sound of a fan. And I think that was the most beautiful thing. And that, and that's the thing, you know, I'm sure hundreds and thousands of people said about Stephen Gerrard. You know, he was a red who played for Liverpool and did all these amazing things, and that's what made him particularly special. And that sound, that excitable yelping sound he made when he lifted the trophy, you know, this great, you know, this great moment for his, you know, that he's achieved for his boyhood club. That really sort of sort of touched me at the time and touched me sort of looking back on it since he made his announcement uh, at the end of last week. 
Yeah, that, that's actually lovely. We, we we specialize in those kind of unguarded squeals in here in this in this in this uh, in this uh, particular room. Um, what about what about goal wise, Sashin, over the over the, the the course of his career? Any goal in particular stand out? Obviously, there are a lot to choose from, but which one would you go for? Yeah, there's there's obviously all the obvious ones. I was trying to, I was going to try to be a bit clever and find something a bit obscure, but ultimately I came back to what is my favourite, and that was his uh, goal against United in September 2000. Uh, sorry, March 2001, that when he smashed it past Barthez. Ah, yes. For various reasons, basically. First of all, the opponents obviously always great scoring against them. I think secondly, because it was just that that team was just coming to the boil. You know, that was the treble winners, and they were months away from you know winning everything, and they were just playing such good football at that time. Also, as well, if you look at the build up to that goal. Uh, Robbie Fowler and Danny Murphy are both involved, who obviously also sort of scourge United as well. You know, Robbie went on and scored also in that game. Danny got all those winners at Old Trafford as well. So there's three great sort of, uh, you know, from a United point of view, three great Liverpool villains involved in that goal. And then the finish is just absolutely, you know, fantastic as well. Wow, so I'd, I'd probably pick one. Pick that goal, yeah. Yeah, that's a gem. That's a gem, and, and, and shared by a lot of people, I think. Um, aside to Jared, that we don't really, we were just talking about here amongst ourselves. You don't see a whole lot of humour um, from Stephen over the years. But if you were to pick something that you found sort of humorous or, or, or enjoyable or, or, or funny over the years with Stephen, was there, is there anything that sticks in your head? Um, yeah, I was, I was trying to think about this in terms of, of sort of funny moments, funny anecdotes. I mean, there are a couple of little on-pitch things like a, a stary day Philip Degger doing a game up against Arsenal a few years ago and things um, I was really struggling to find anything sort of any sort of anecdotal stuff I think it's hard to kind of find anything probably other people know better than me about off-field stuff but just one thing that always stands out in terms of showing his kind of like devilish cheeky side was, uh, was his celebration when he scored against Everton in, uh, in September 2001 you know a great goal where he sort of cut in and smashed it and then he's running past the Bullens Road end, you know, with his sort of cupping his ear and his tongue sort of hanging out and stuff. And I just thought that was brilliant because, again, going back to what I said about that moment in Istanbul, it's again him, you know, showing, you know, loud and proud that he supports Liverpool, um, you know, and he's kind of giving it to the Everton fans as he ran past them. I mean, my regret with that is we've never seen that celebration from behind, if you like. We've never seen Everton fans' reactions as he's doing that in front of them. Um, but for me, that's the great thing about Gerard is to get his talent. Uh, and uh, and you know everything is on the pitch. He was a Liverpool fan, doing all that stuff for Liverpool. And for me, that's the most kind of beautifully, beautiful sort of romantic element of his entire career. He was a he was a genuine fan on the pitch. And Sachin, do you do you think, with that in mind, um, and just going off script a little bit, do you think it is the right time um, for for him to 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 draw his career to an end? And how do you feel about the whole thing in the, in terms of the way it's been it's been handled and approached? Yeah, it is. It's, it's very sad. Obviously, we've all been in a sort of semi-state of mourning last last few days. I think it's very complex. I think there's been a few people saying, you know, this has been badly handled by Liverpool. They could have, they should have given him a contract earlier. They should have done more for him to stay. My personal take on it is that's all true, but I think it comes down to the fact that Gerard wants to play regularly. He wants to still be, a, you know, a major element in a football team. And he just can't be that for Liverpool anymore. You know, I think the two games we just had demonstrate that brilliantly. You know, against Swansea, high-tempo football, the midfield's functioning really well. He comes back into the team against Leicester. And it's not just his fault, not just pinning on him, but the team suddenly slows down and it all breaks down a bit. And I think Liverpool need to move on from Gerrard. I would love to have Stephen Gerrard as an impact sub for the last two years of his, you know, for, for, for the next two years, if you like. But I don't think he wants that. He wants to play every week and he feels he can do that in America. I don't think he wants to be a Lampard or a Giggs or a Skulls who, who just comes off the bench for 20 minutes here or there. 
So in that sense, I think a clean break possibly is needed. And I think it's important for Liverpool to move on from Steven Gerrard a bit as well. He's just this incredible kind of personality and character. And I think the club is slightly weighed down by that. And I think they need to move on. But my big fear is how we replace him. You know, the recruitment policy over the last few years has been shambolic, in my opinion. Very, very poor. And I, I fear Liverpool, you know, in their attempts to get a midfielder to replace him. Obviously, they won't replace him directly, but even somebody of similar quality, they, they're, they're, they're going to do a poor job of it. That's my fear. Hopefully not, though. Yeah. Uh, really, really appreciate the insight, Sashin. Thanks very much for your time, mate. OK, let's uh, start our chat here amongst those of us who we've got in the bunker. Um We've got Neil and Phil and we've got Gunnar on the line there myself and we're going to just maybe try to approach this from more of a celebratory viewpoint than an awful lot of the the, the, the dour, gloomy sort of uh, take that's been in the media in terms of, of Stephen being... Uh, well, to be fair, the way it's been presented, I don't know what you think, Phil, but you'd nearly think it, the fellow was, 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 was passing away or something. I mean, it's just a... It's just a yeah. It, it's and look, the, 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 guy, the thing for me is he's still got the best part of six months playing yeah. time with us as well so yeah. it's like I know we, I think we should be celebrating everything he's done in his career for Liverpool Football That's, Club it's like yeah. it sh- we should be thinking back like it shouldn't be a sad time even the interview I can understand him being choked and uh, choked up and the whole lot giving it because mm. it's, it's such a big decision it's his moment that he's leaving but I, don't, I, I didn't get everyone being so upset about the actual interview itself and you could feel compassion for him with what he's doing but I wasn't breaking down crying over it like, do you know no, what I mean it's just, it's just a bizarre reaction in many ways you understand people being emotional about the end of that great relationship but like it's been coming for so long it's been flagged for so long it's, oh, it's yeah. hard to and it's like if, if, if it was, I can understand people being emotional in, uh, for uh, the last Anfield match you know what I mean that, that he plays which in like, fairness he and, said and, himself and, yeah. yeah and I can yeah. imagine Anfield itself will, will be emotional yeah. because it's yeah. like seeing off when Kenny decided to retire or you know when Robbie came back for that short stint with, with Benitez you know we, we saw him back and such a strong emotions that, that go on or even Carragher's last game against QPR when he, when he cracked one against the crossbar you know you, you can feel a palpable emotion then because everyone knows this is the last time they're going to see him in a competitive match mm. for Liverpool in Anfield and that's, that's an emotional state but when you make the announcement I, I, I like I, I can get, I get him being emotional. I don't get the fans being as emotional as they actually are. It's yeah. called compassion, Philip. <laughs> you don't seem to have any. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. Uh, being a sociopath, then. <laughs> <laughs> as a sociopath, um, Gunnar, I'm going to start uh, the, the the ball rolling. Just we, we we've been asking a few people we've had on the line a few questions, and we might as well throw them out here amongst ourselves as well. If you were to pick a particular moment um, from Stephen's career um, that, that's your outstanding Gerard moment, um, what would it be? It's so cheesy to say Istanbul, and when he had to do the goal in, I'm not going to do that. My favourite moment was in the Gerard final, as we call it, against West Ham. Yeah. Because my granddad had just died, and he was a mad football man like me, but he was an Arsenal supporter, but mm-hmm. he recently died, and I went to watch the game, we went 1-0 down, 2-0 down, and then got back in it, Stevie leveled with a fucking worldie, 2-2, and then fucking bowled by Joyce Konseski, put it all with Paperena in the far corner, 3-2, yeah. he was bowled by Joyce. Yeah. <laughs> we swapped yeah. players for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when that goal went in, I was at the pub, I wasn't drinking, I was too nervous. I just went to my car, drive the outside of town, and to meet granddad's grave. And I, I just went talking to him and I said, Granddad, 
speak to a man up there. Get me a call. <laughs> because in my hometown, he always used to go behind the goal and said, Gunnar, I'm going to get us a goal. He always did that. So it, it was emotional for me. So I, I went to the cemetery, spoke to him like for five minutes. And I drove home. And I was when I was opening the door at my house, the, the, the meat was screaming out of his lungs. Stevie Gerrard just snapped one in of 40 yards. Shaka Hislop didn't have a chance. So it, I always remember that moment. Well, it's good, it's, it's good to know the reason why that happened now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've all wondered over the years. Can you do that a bit more often during the games? <laughs> you could maybe have a regular chat. That would be... <laughs> yeah, does your granddad only do football things? <laughs> so I could do it a few quiz. Another moment when we played child. I think it was 2002, 2003. It had been the whole fucking game. Nothing was going on. Stevie got the ball, I think right in the corner. Passed one, passed another, passed three, and put it in the far corner and mm. lift his shirts over his head. He won one nil. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that would that. Yeah, that's the, things like that really do stick in the head. And what about in the in the room here? Anyone have a, a particular Jared moment, Neil? I yeah, think? the most memorable one for me is. It's funny you used to say. Um, you know, people are talking lately about the goals he scored and how important they were and the times they were scored. The one that just keeps popping into my head is his very first goal against, was it Sheffield Wednesday? Mm. Was it, yeah? I suppose he kind of broke through, went by two, one or two players and kind of slotted away with a plum. A plum? A plum. Oh, that all right, yeah? No, but that, that kind of, just then you got a real sense, right, we have something here. I know they had been talking about him, yeah. talking him up for a long time yeah. before that. We've really got something coming through. Mm. And when you see it coming to fruition like that, I kind of I started to believe it then as well because you hear a lot of hype about young lads coming through and nothing ever materializes about it. But mm. you could just see that he had absolutely everything. I mean, he was, I he was getting slotted in at right full and he was kind of just just getting him into the team to get a little bit of experience. But when he got through in the middle and he burst through like that, I mean, he had he had pace control and then the finish was just brilliant. It was mm. yeah, that's what sticks la- out for me. The Lalana goal the other day was he he did. Sort of the same thing. Don't meet two players and then slot it in the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, did. it brought back memories of that. What about yourself? Any particular Jared memory? Yeah, look, I, you know, and I, I know I've criticised him plenty as, as across the pot over the last two year and a half or so. But mm. like, if, for me, I, I always go back to the 09 season when I think about him because he was just, you know, he was just uh, an unstoppable force at that stage. This partnership with Torres, like as a thing. That's one of the most memorable um, spells yeah. of, of Liverpool's history over the last couple of years. Yeah. And even looking back at some of the goals and stuff like that when we talked about doing this as opposed to doing the normal part, like the amount of balls, the, it, it, was, it was so telekinetic in terms of the way they played. He just knew, Torres knew the run to make. He knew the exact ball to play. The amount of times he played the outside of the boot pass, which would go just around the back of the centre-back and Torres would just power boy with pace. Um, and, you know, there's just so many times through that 08 09 season, you know, and, you know, Torres was missing for a lot of that as well. And he missed a, a lot of games. But when they played together, it was just po- like it literally was poetry emotion. I know, like, the, 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 you know, the, the song we were singing all last year, but it was just incredible to see two players on, on the exact same wavelength. We hadn't seen that in such a long, long time. I mean, a, a real partnership, a real, real partnership. World class duo. Yeah, like, a yeah, world class yeah. duo at yeah. the peak of their powers, yeah. you know, just taking teams apart brilliantly. Um, and 
you know, it's it's, it's I, I, the, the FA Cup final in 06, You know that 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 was magical. You know, it really was. We talk about cup finals over the years, and and you know, you've got the own cup final as well in 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 the early noughties. But that was his that was his FA Cup final. It was his defining yeah. moment. I remember McManaman having one as well back in in, in the mid nineties, and that that was everything about Steven Gerrard. You know what I mean? Dying with cramp on the pitch. Like he, he's holding his legs only a few minutes beforehand, barely able to move, mm. and the ball breaks, and he just to put get the power and the accuracy, and you know if if, if you're putting your house on a, on any player at that stage, it was him to smack one in from thirty twenty five yards. The, the the lads had mentioned earlier when we were talking that there's that Man United goal as well, mm. the one that he pings, yeah. you know, it's it, it, it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Barth has it was a dodgy kick, and then the whole way it just broke as his head fell on Murphy, and then just lands Gerard, and he's, he takes one touch, about thirty five yards out, and he just. Pings an unstoppable drive. You've got the Middlesbrough goal. You know these are all. Maybe a goal. Maybe the Borough goal. That that, that yeah. like that is some strike. But yeah. there was the header from outside the box as well. I think it was against West Brom. I can't remember the year it was. Like he scored a header from outside the box. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know mm. he had such a range. The reason that I've probably been you know disappointed about the way things have gone over the last couple of years is because I remember how brilliant he was for yeah. how long for so long, and he's you know. It's 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 as I said. To you, it's when you go, sit down and you look back at all the things, all the goals he did. He was in the midst of it, and when he was freed up, when he had good enough players around him to just let him wander and go wherever he wanted to go, mm-hmm. and it was mainly around the Benitez area that he had that freedom. You know, he was just an unstoppable force on the pitch, and he, he was at his he was at his absolute peak then, and it was it was tremendous to watch him. I remember watching him in the Bernabeu. I remember watching him when he, in Anfield after. I remember just saying to myself, "Who can stop this fellow from 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 you know from winning anything at this mm-hmm. stage?" And it's such a, it's such a pity that he, he won't win a league title medal with Liverpool because he had three occasions where it was close. So two, there was the away on nine, and then of course last season as well. Mm. And that would have been the icing on the cake in terms of what it was. But you know, you've you've got the FA Cup final. You've also got the 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 the, the Istanbul moments. Like he, you know, they're, they're just phenomenal moments in in, in the course. But he's of a, recent he's, history. he's a he's a player who produces moments <laughs> like like nobody else. I think. Ever really um, a player who creates moments, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually be contrary about it and go only recently that little spell at the end of towards the end of last season before the, the disaster struck, where it looked like Jesus, we're going to do this, and you know he had raised his game to such an extent. Now, granted, granted, there there are there are things you can say about why that was and how that happened to be, but it was just lovely to see him captaining like a real captain should and playing. A, a very, very, very important part s- slotting pens away at Fulham, and for me, that will that will actually probably remain with me. You know, yeah, yeah. The, 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 Fulham, the Fulham game and the, the, and, and the winning goal, like that's that's you know, if if if, if that's a, that's that's a, a quintessential Steven Gerrard moment. You know yeah. what I mean? We win the penalty. It's in the dying moments. You know, we have we're on this ridiculous run, but we need to keep it going. And this is this is the sticky point in it. Mm. And he steps up, slots it away, and he, you know, the celebration after whipping the jersey off, swinging it around his head. You know, they're quint. Like we're talking about your most memorable moment. The most recent ones are always the clearest because they're the easiest to remember. But yeah. you know, there is all the derbies. Like, he's been yeah. the scourge of Everton for fucking yeah. the best part of twenty years at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose the the the, main, the the thing that stick out for me when was I suppose you touched on it there earlier, Phil. The fact that he um you named the other great. The players, I suppose, back through the years, they all had great players around them. I mean, he done those fantastic things when nobody else was capable, <coughs> firstly, of doing it. So it was left entirely up to him. You know, people say he carried the club on his back. I mean, that's a little bit of an overstatement. But at the same time, 
the fact that the goals you're mentioning, there was nobody else on the pitch playing for Liverpool at the time that was capable of doing those things. Mm-hmm. And he was, and but he at the and at the same time he was the only one that could do it. But he, but the fact is that he did it. Yeah, I mean, and you always. Even the cup final against West Ham, you always felt that Steven Gerrard could possibly get us a goal here. I mean, that's why it was so special because it wasn't completely out of the blue. You say, if there's anyone going to get a goal, it's going to be him, and he probably he's going to get a chance. And chances are, if he gets a chance, he'll take it. Yeah. And he's kind of never let us down really in that respect, did he? I know you can say there's matches. I can think of one in particular. Yeah. I'm not going to mention the slip, no, right? That's not. That's no, not. but at the same time, do you see where I'm coming from? The fact that yeah. you could rely on him, and he very, and he very, very rarely, if ever, let us down. Yeah, but he is a tragic figure because of the fact that he's come so close on so many occasions. That's a hard sell. Isn't Every it? hero you... needs a tragedy, Phil. No, but, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he is. He the, the whole thing was he will go personally unfulfilled and that he didn't get the league winner's medal that, that he should have deserved you can you see that I mean? in him in, even at and the interview yes, you can yeah. see it in him that there's, that's there's a level of sadness yeah. that's there it's, it's a bit like Giannini when he was at Roma and Roma never managed to win the, oh, the little prince Giannini, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know he never managed to win the league when he was at Roma and you know the, he was held in the same regard as, as Gerard was to us like, do you know what I mean and it, there's just there's that, that element of it and probably in, in the longer term that, that will be almost like the part of the movie that he, he got so close on so many times but never managed to get over the line but to, you know that shouldn't be held against him when people are talking about where he rates in terms of the actual you know the great players avoided the premiership or Liverpool football well that's actually I, th- I thought it was pretty classy stuff from Kenny um, mm. where, where he wrote in his article about it trying to deflect away from all this talk about oh you never won the title and Kenny says like in time you come to understand that the most important thing is the trophies you've won you're defined by them and not the trophies you didn't win and Stephen won the Champions League he lifted his team to the most prestigious title in the game he led the club to that astonishing victory in 2005 at that stadium on the outskirts of the city he wrote his name even larger in the history of the club and I thought from the man himself that's a particularly classy thing to say and again to focus as opposed to what he didn't win yeah. to what he did win and, and, the, and the moments that he created for us exactly and let's, let's be honest about this right that 0405 team was a terrible squad right yeah. mm-hmm. average at best you know you know what I mean and, and it's not this isn't the peak Benitez era this isn't the one that had Mascarano and Alonso you know allowing him to have the freedom it wasn't the one that had Torres he didn't have the the, the, the madness of, of Kout on the right hand side the or, mad, uh, madness of yeah. Igor in the semi-final yeah, or, yeah, and, and, or, yeah. or the defence that that, that, that that Rafa built around you know the, the, that team in 08-09 which was just a powerhouse team this was the remnants of the Julia gone bad era right <laughs> and it got to that final because of the the Olympiacos moment. So when when you when you look at the whole run up to that, that there's there's these moments, these constant moments that Gerard is integral in mm. to get us to the final. And for every part, like the, the first half is probably, you know, an example of of where he wasn't strong in terms of playing centre midfield. Whereas the second half was everything that was brilliant about Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Once freed from having to to, to 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 lock down or be tactically aware or, or astute as to what's going on, he then just goes and destroys AC Milan. And for him to lift that trophy with that team, with that squad of players, that's as big an accomplishment as anyone has done in this club. Because if you look at all our other European Cup winning sides, they were all brilliant teams. There wasn't there wasn't a team that, 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 that you wouldn't have said wasn't there or thereabouts for being the best team in Europe. There was no way that 0405 team was was in the top ten squads in Europe? Don't mind the best team in Europe. Yeah, they weren't even the best team in the final. No, sure we didn't have we <laughs> didn't, but no, we didn't even have Fair. a proper centre forward that season. Like yeah. we we used three goalkeepers in the Champions League run. Hmm. Like Chris, we had, got, we had much better team in the 07 yeah. final. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we even played better. 
yeah. in the 07 team. Yeah. You're better than Milan in the second That was kind of a reversal, time. wasn't it? Yeah, in yeah. That we probably yeah. deserved to win that one. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, speaking and, and trying to keep on this kind of more idea of a celebration rather than anything else, Gunnar, is there anything uh, that, that, that makes you smile when you think about uh, about, about, about Stephen's career? Anything, uh, it, it even makes you laugh, humorous, a humorous kind of anecdote that you associate with him? There's so many occasions. I loved when he scored at Goodison Park, run down the, hold down the long pitch with his tongue out. Yeah. For the fucking betters. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love when, I think it was, who was alone at Coupia. I think last season, he took Sterling down and Stevie just a couple of minutes later just looked at Fabio, who was, I think, alone from United, mm. just clattered him off the field. Yeah. Yeah, I think that got got a lot of smiles. All right, yeah. Yeah. Those little, those little acts of retribution that he, yeah, he, he he really took them on over the last couple yeah. of years, didn't he? Yeah, he's just a. I'm I'm born in '86, so when he's coming to the limelight, he's I'm I'm like 11. So first it was Michael Owen, and it was him and Fowler, and it's it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of like uh, the monks who talk about oh, now we have to watch United with our Ferguson. Yeah, for me, Stevie Gerrard has always been there. The first one on the pitch, captain's armband and all that. So it's going to be tough, but I agree. You should celebrate what he's done. He's he's the only player who's scored in the FA Cup final, League Cup final, UEFA Cup final, and the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Only. Yeah, that's he, actually he, a remarkable stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He rejected Alex Zidane said yesterday, Real Madrid at two occasions. He rejected Bayern Munich two or three seasons ago and he rejected the youth contract at United and uh, I still remember the day when he held a fucking press conference saying he was going to Chelsea broke me up I, I saw people burning his shirts I agreed with it he don't move to Chelsea it's just fucking wrong yeah. and when I went I went working building with me dad and what was building and I got something in my face so I couldn't stop thinking about Gerard. Went online and I saw that he's just bailed out going to Chelsea. I remember the moment. It felt like we signed a top player because he wasn't going and Stevie was staying. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's going to bring a smile to anyone's face, isn't it? Um, sp- speaking of, of that exact thing, Neil, any, any, any? I know you said earlier on it's it's not a guy you readily associate with humor, but no. is there anything that that he's sticks kind out? Kind of stoic type of character, isn't it? Yeah, he's, yeah. Lot of way. Apparently, yeah. he's not like that. Off the camera, but yeah. I, I don't know anything about that because I've never met him. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to though. I'd give yeah. him a big hug after that interview would you? yesterday. Would uh, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say we'd have a good cry. Would give him a big, big hug, big man hug and a good cry. Uh, <laughs> let's just get it all out, Stevie. Let's get it out. Were, were you one of the people who was who was, who was tearing up? I was close, yeah. m- closely, close to tears. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, it was like watching the champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, now he's trying to hold the tears back and all that. I'm not crying here, but I really am. I'm dying inside. So go on, tell us something. Tell us something that that, that you associate with, like uh, something that made you smile over the years. With with well, with, it's, I like it's, it's just kissing the camera at Old Trafford. is just the best thing yes. ever, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like it didn't yeah. make me smile, it made me laugh out loud and kind of kind of bitter laugh. Yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. the best bit about that is that like he didn't just do it once. He's yeah. got to do it repeated times. He had his own celebration <laughs> against him. It's just yeah. fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, and, they, yeah. and they loved it. They loved it. <laughs> they did they love it. it. And when he lot. did it the second time, they were even they were, they were really they thrilled. Were thrilled no, that, but yeah. yeah, that made me laugh, and yeah. it kind of that's real. Yeah, yeah fuck that's you stuff, isn't that, it? That's that's yeah. a gem. What about what about you, Phil? Any any laughs over the years with? Yeah, you know, I told you the, the, the one that that stuck at my mind when we were thinking about it was 
when Torres scored a hat trick against West Ham in a four 0 win, I don't know whether it was oh six, oh seven, or oh seven, oh eight because it was mm. the, the jersey with the colours, right? Mm. Um, and the ref picks up the ball at the end of the game, and Jared just says, "Give it the ball for a sec." So he picks the ball up, right? Because he wanted to give it to Torres, <laughs> and mm. the ref is there, and he puts his hand out to get the ball back, and Jared goes to give it back, and he goes to take it. Jared puts it back, and goes no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And keeps walking, and then the ref calls him back, and he looks back, and just laughs at him and walks off, and yeah. gives the ball to Torres, like that, that. That that you know that that was like one of the few sort of humorous moments that I could. You don't see that pitch. playful thing from him much. No, yeah. although do you remember the, remember the, he was laughing his head off when when Suarez did the big dive in, in Goodison Park. Oh, it was fantastic! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, but like, like things he did. So I, thought, I thought a lot of stuff came out last season out of him. Yeah. Like I thought he looked so much more comfortable in front of the camera. Do you remember the whole uh, you know if you're going to take on Daniel Sturgeon, Louis Suarez, best of luck and the little sniff, the yeah. little Holly sniff. I loved that. That that actually made me smile and laugh more than anything else last year. Um, to do with Gerard, uh, like, he did seem to come into his own a bit. I suppose that's why. He... See, players are so guarded and they're so media trained, and he would have been, you know, in the first wave of real media trained players that you know that, yeah. that, that would have been part of what they're doing. So you don't see those those flickers of character, and they're so rare. When they do, they sort of stick in your mind in terms of what it is, you know. But like you're saying, humorous moments, like. Can you imagine how happy he is inside every time he plays in the derby and scores a fucking shitload of goals? Even the season, the second half of the season when, when, when Kenny was there and he, he wasn't having a great a great half season by, by his own standards, he still managed to pump him fucking to Everton in Anfield. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, like, of all the players, you can imagine how fucking riled up he'd be if you're an Everton fan going, yeah. did he score a hat-trick against Everton? <laughs> <laughs> he did, yeah. 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 Or then like the, the hat-trick of penalties in Old Trafford. Like, that's just, you know, th- those things. Yeah. I'd say the, I'd say he's breaking a shite laughing when he goes back into the dressing room and he's just there going, I can imagine now what's going on. Like, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, there's there's all those moments that that, that that tally up and even the recent past, but you go back to his, his initial games and you can see the joy in his face as a kid when he was wearing the number 17 jersey and he was breaking mm. into that side and he was scoring goals for his hometown club, you know. And it's only when you look back that far and you, you see, you know, what's gone on since, you know, all the, the, the variations he's been through as a player and the whole lot, that you, you see the unbridled joy of a kid making his name for his his hometown club, mm. and I suppose even for us not being from Liverpool and not 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 being from 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 around where he lives, we can even buy into it because you can see how much that means. And, and I can understand how how you know when when I was saying about the the morning part, I can understand how the the lads from Liverpool who've grown up in the areas who know him, like when Neil Poole was talking to us in terms of he went to the same yeah. school and all. I can understand how they can be genuinely upset because they're losing one of their own from the actual or, team. Or lads like Gunnar who's saying he's always yeah. been there and in, in, during his his, yeah. his watching career. Yeah, it was it was like we were talking I about. Didn't see Kenny. I'm too young, so I'm, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so he, he he's 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 lots of people's Kenny. You know, but Trev, you said when Billy Little was packed it in, like you were really oh, upset. Was, oh, was <laughs> Elisha Scott hit me harder, <laughs> but Billy Little was was tough. No, but like. Like, I remember when Fowler was sold. I remember how good I felt when Fowler was yeah. sold. I think that's the lowest I was ever. You know, and, and, yeah. and just you know, that things, was a low point. That was you know, low, and, yeah. Fuck, was and, but the, the difference is, we're not selling him. He's he's he's. I said to you, I said to you a couple of days ago. I find that eminently admirable in him that he not, he wants to play ninety minutes. And and, and Sash touched on yeah. that earlier as well. He, he wants to play ninety minutes week in week out. Right? Yeah. He's been told he's been told, and he said it himself that the club has said you won't be able to play ninety minutes week in week out anymore for us, right? And instead of being a new a, a weight hanging around the manager's neck, 
right? Mm. He's decided, well, okay, look, that yeah, my contract is up. I'm going to go somewhere where I continue to play 90 minutes. Yeah. Could also be construed as him being forced out as well, Phil. I mean, if you want to look at it from that point of view, I don't but necessarily believe that now, but, but I'm just saying I, I, it's an odd, all I'm saying, Neil, like, yeah, if, if, if you wanted to twist it that way, you could, but I, I don't see it. I see he's taken a, a brave decision to say, well, if I'm not going to get 90 minutes, no, I, mean, I fully agree. Yeah. He could have gone to, he could go to City, he could go to, you know, he could go to anywhere if he's prepared to sit on the bench, but he's not prepared to sit on the yeah. bench. He could stay at Liverpool and sit on the bench. He doesn't want to sit at the bench. He still feels that he can give something 90 minutes. And pro- and you can see why he's going to the MLS. He will still have a massive influence on that league in terms of what he is. He's going to have led, there's going to be, the, the pace isn't as quick as the way the Premiership is played and he's going to have more space to operate Robbie in. Robbie King got player of the year. Exactly. Well, you know, Henri, Henri has done very well for, <laughs> Henri has done very well as well when he, when he was yeah. there and, he, and he's only finished and I could see Gerard being, uh, you know, the, 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 the standout name in the MLS next season. You see Henri's last press conference, did you? Yeah. That was fantastic. That oh, was the boy. best thing ever. He, he just basically, they all got Did he mention the call? No, 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 he didn't. They all gathered around and he just he said one line and he just walked off and the cameras all followed him and watched his back leaving the room. It was like, I hear you can't do that. He did do. Was it, it cool? It was. It was quite was cool. It, yeah. it was quite cool. Um, Gunnar, just silty cheese. Sp- yeah, speaking. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. memorable moments. Remember the dive against Sheffield United at the opening of the season and Neil Warnock went fucking batshit mental over the dive. We got the we we, we scored oh, yeah, a yeah, penalty yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, the- let's go. Fowler scored the penalty, yeah, 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 yeah yellow yeah. jersey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's knowledge. And do you remember? Do you remember? Warnock was going fucking yeah. mental oh, over he was, it. Uh, he hated Rafa so uh, much. He hated Rafa. He, and he, uh, <laughs> I was so happy. That actually, that that's put a big smile on my face. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, anything is upsetting Neil Warnock. It's a good day. <laughs> yeah. It's a good day. Um, going on that, we're, we're, we're talking about the the nature of, of, of the ending of this relationship and uh, Phil touched on his decision that he's made to go to MLS and there's nothing more specific just yeah. yet. Um, what do you think of that as a, as, a career, as, as a career choice? And that was the takeaway from me from that interview yesterday was, you know, I, 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 want, I want to play. That's what he's saying. And, and that's why he's going there, right? For me, CBTR owes us nothing. Yeah. He's done everything for his club. And when people say overstatement that he carried this on his back, I, in a certain extent, have you looked at the side of players he's played with over the years? Yeah. Antonio Nunes and some... Oh, fuck. He's, <laughs> and I'm not going to be cringing and say he is Liverpool, but if he decides, I want to play 90 minutes, I don't want to do a Lampard when what Lampard has done at Chelsea last couple of seasons. Fair play to him. He is his choice. So... Uh, Imagine the pressure on Brenda Rodgers having to say to Steven Gerrard, I'm going to manage your game. It's not the same with Frank Lampard because he's a West Ham lad. Stevie Gerrard, everyone from Liverpool adores Steven Gerrard. He's, he's the number one player. So I, just good luck to him. Just, yeah. I just, I, in our best team scenario right now, I'm, like, I was mad that Stevie Gerrard came into the team against in the last game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of where we're at, though, isn't it? That's yeah, that's yeah, where we're at in this yeah. stage of his career, and and and, and as Phil says, then you, you you just end up maybe filled with a little bit more admiration that this guy he maybe knows it too, and he can see the writing on the wall. Yeah. That's what he touches on. You know, the decision was made because the manager says you're not going to play ninety. So, yeah. me, me, Bert said to me, "Why are you sad?" You're always complaining when he's playing, but <laughs> <laughs> she's got you there, mate. She's got you Explain there. Explain that one. <laughs> Towards him, towards Liverpool, towards everything. He, he, his peak was from like 04, 05 till maybe 10. Yeah. Mm. And he's in gradually getting a little bit slower, a little bit. Late. 
he's had loads of operations on his thigh and strain and everything. It, it takes his toll. He can't shoot anymore like he did. So mm. just I'm still I, I know you guys being upbeat, you know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna miss him like crazy. And I just I just hope I never wanted more that we win the fucking Mickey Mouse Cup now. One of them. Just Pico, something, yeah. Ufoka, FA Cup, just something. I just yeah. want to see him lift one more trophy. Yeah. I want to see him win, win the Europa. Yeah, absolutely. More than that, I think, I think yeah. if, because we can't win the Champions League and it's unlikely we can win the league. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> but I know it's not, is it? But like, because he would, he would then have won a fair trial of European medals at that stage, mm. which would be like, you know, when we're talking about if you're going to miss out in the league, at least, you know, always be the, the one that's emblazoned in Europe. You know what I mean? He'll, mm. always, be, he'll always be synonymous with, the, with, with Istanbul. We remember him from the, the, the other UEFA Cup final. We remember him then if he wins the Europa League, he, regardless of what happens in the league, is that, he will have cemented. Is, is the Europa League final after the season finishes? The, I think the domestic it's, I think season. It's the 27th of May. Is it, that'd yeah. be a proper send off then, wouldn't it? Well, it would. Yeah. It's, it's, it's two days after the Istanbul. 10th anniversary yeah. okay. oh it is too it is the 27th right and if, if you know mm. what a fitting way for him to finish up yeah. with Liverpool to win the Europa League secure Liverpool a Champions League position regardless of where they finish in the league by winning sure the Europa that. League yep. there and possibly so score the winning goal teams left in that competition I don't care yeah. but like come here, isn't, isn't that such a big carrot though for the whole magic. team yeah, magic. to say look we, yeah. we'll start out our league form and we're going to fucking grab the Europa League now by the balls mm. and get uh, give him if, he, if it can't be the Champions League final we'll give him the second best European competition best and let him go out with a European trophy to his name he, he was very professional talking about you know top four is the main thing blah 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 but you could see his heart wasn't in it whereas I think as you say that would be a spectacular way to secure the Champions League football to win that trophy it's probably a big ass for us but it would be something well, I'd, I'd rather secure by getting top four and win the Europa League what? Give, give him like <laughs> yeah. what, and what the FA Cup <laughs> just, uh, just win everything but, the most, but what a fitting way from yeah sorry the most crucial thing about getting top four now, because last season we lost Luis Suarez. Now we lost Chibi Gerard. These players are attractions for other players. So yeah. if we manage to get top four, I would I would personally take finishing 17th and winning the fucking UEFA, League, UEFA Cup. Yeah. So having the Champions League can at least help us sign Lampert and Lovren and all them again. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the first dig of the day the first Brendan dig of the no, day but, you know it's genuinely right yeah. if we're talking about tributes the best way and, and everyone can be emotional then if you know what I mean at least then you can say it goes out the best way it doesn't go out on a whimper it goes yes. out on, on, yeah. on the best bang you can possibly go out on yeah because that's the way you want to go out on and everyone wants to go out on a bang everyone wants to go out on a bang well you know and I suppose we'll move on to it now if you take if we're talking here we're removing where we are at this moment in time in, in terms of what's going on because I think it's fair because it's it, it, to talk to talk about him the way we are talking about him is to remember the best way is that he's he's affected the club mm. as, as Gunnar said if you go back to the Leicester game and as Sash even touched on it the tempo is slowed down and it's not yeah. his fault it's, 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 it's a factor of age but you know and it, the other thing that's there is that they can't we've, we had a way of playing last year and it was the first time since Torres was there that was giving him a route for those true balls, which is which is what he's best for. You yeah. know what I mean in terms of what he is, and with the way the team is set up and the whole lot, we don't have that for him at the moment. So he's become a bit marginalised in terms of what what he's been providing to the team at this stage. And I think all the criticism that's been going towards him this season is fair. You, you can separate your feelings for him in terms of what he's done and what he's achieved at the club to what he's providing at this moment in time. And is it the right time? It is the right time. Now, would you have liked to see it go a different way? Would you? Have, I would have liked to see him 
been managed better over the last three years. It's not just over the last season; it's over the last three years. We've yeah, been yeah. we've been trying to get thirty eight games out of a fella who's 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 moving towards his mid thirties for for the yeah. last three so years. So he's but him himself has just admitted that he doesn't want to be a bit power player. He wants to play ninety minutes know, every game. So like, it couldn't you, have really went any other way. Could you, have you, done. I don't think you, so. You look at the managers who have been there. Hodgson was never going to do it, right? But he's mental. Well, but like he was never going to do it because he was he, he he doesn't have the backbone to do it, right? Kenny, you may have said yes, he would have, but I don't think Kenny was going to because I think Kenny has a deep admiration and a belief in what Gerard can do for the team, right? So I think he, he thoroughly believed in him, whether it was yeah. right or not. Yeah. That's that's what I think. And then Brendan, Brendan has been the biggest contradiction for me because I, of, of, of all the managers, I would have fancied him to do it. Yeah, and he's he's he talked kind of did do it. But with he, people, he's talked about doing it. Talked about doing it. If you look at it, Gerard's played in seventeen of our twenty league games. Yeah, and he played five five or six of the Champions League games. The only games he's really missed out on have been the League Cup games. Yeah, and it's like it's only now that this conversation's been had very recently and it's yeah. becoming real to Stevie. Oh, okay, I better sling me hook then. Yeah, so like, as, as much as it's been talked about, the yeah. actions don't match with the actual wars that have gone on. Yeah. And, you know, potentially, had he been managed better in terms of that type of thing, stronger manager in terms of dealing with it, dare, dare I say, and I'm not, this is not, I want Rafa back or anything like that, but you would have imagined Rafa would have started the game management a lot earlier in terms of two or three yeah. years back if he was still there. He would have managed the time because Rafa was dropping him mm-hmm. back in 08 and 09. He was resting him mm-hmm. at that point in time. Mm-hmm. You know, he was resting him in 06, 07. I remember times when, you know, Gerard didn't start and everyone's going, Jesus, what's he doing putting him on the bench? I remember there was a time when Torres and Gerard were both on the bench in, in 10. That's and right. people were going, what the fuck's going on here? If you recall as well, the way that that particular manager saw Stephen developing was to move him forward yeah, rather yeah. than backwards yeah, sure and saw him as a, a you know a supplementary or secondary striker eventually yeah. you know uh, you know so it's, it, yeah it's interesting to, to think yeah, and, about and that's that's just I I think because it's, it's it must be so hard for him to be the ninety minute player the game in game out once I was fit player mm-hmm. to all of a sudden someone drop an, an axe and say no that's it no, you're only you're only going to be a bit power player from the end of the season on because the, the feeling I'm getting is that. I think it will be even harder now for Rodgers to drop him yeah. over over the next coming months because yeah. everyone knows it's his last five six months with the club. Really? And I don't yeah. think I think it's it's going to be more difficult to leave him out of games. He's not going to leave him out of the the, the Arsenal match. He's not going to leave him out of the, the the derby match. He's not going to leave him out of the, the Man United at home games. And if we want to get the best out of him in those games, you need to manage him in and around the other games. Mm. That, that's my opinion of it. Mm. So it means that yeah. you will have to leave him out of certain games. Now I don't think Stephen will want that because you know he wants to play. So I think it's I think there's a bit more pressure on Brendan now to to stand up and make that decision for him and say. I have to do what's the best for Liverpool Football Club and I have to get this team to be able to play without Steven Gerrard so that we're ready for next year when you're not here. Mm. And that's the argument he has to put to them and say, you are going to still be in the big matches. I am going to manage your time so as you can give me 90 minutes in those big matches. Otherwise, we, you know, it could be difficult for the team. But you know, again, I want to see the Steven Gerrard that played against Basel that night mm. because that was the that was the almost a step back. We're talking about the free kick in the last minute yeah. of the game that almost goes in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was the that was the the one time I can think of this season that we've seen Gerard be the Stephen Gerard that we've all known and we've grown up with and and oh. and, 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 and wax lyrical about here. Well, what, what what about that, Neil? Um, Phil puts it one way there, talking about how it's going to be more difficult for him to be dropped. But what about the counter the counter theory that now that it's been put out there in the open, it's kind of preemptive. You, you know, the, the, it makes it actually a little bit easier. Perhaps yeah, could, could you look at it? From that perspective. Yeah, I think I'd more. Uh, I'd more. I'd my leanings be more that way. It's kind of a little bit preemptive, a preemptive strike, if you will, from yeah. Rogers. That he's already laid, laid. He's already laid out his plans that your your game time is going to be reduced because I mean, in the interview yesterday, what he admitted himself, the reason he's leaving is because his game time is going to be reduced. So he al- he's already known that's going to happen. Yeah. So 
listen, it's a fact that if we're going to play Europa League towards the nights and then play, play Sunday or whatever, and it, the, whole, your, the whole dynamic of it is going to change when all the travelling that's involved as well, he's, there's no possible way he can play every single game or or the similar percentage of games that he has played up to this point this season. So, yeah, I can see him. I can see Rogers dropping him on a more regular basis. When I say dropping him, maybe resting him is the more politically correct thing yeah. to say. Yeah, Gunnar, uh, uh, something we need to look at, and I'm particularly uh, curious about your opinion because cause like you, you've defined yourself as, as a supporter who's basically had Jared there almost all of his supporting life. Um, what, how do you see the future shaping up without this incredibly dominant presence that he's been? You know what? Do, what does the future of Liverpool look like without Steven Gerrard? Do you think there's going to be a, a, a kind of a, a very, very palpable effect on the club? His, his figureheads and leadership and all that would be missed in the dressing room and all that. But when you think about it, if you look at it from a from the other's perspective, if you look at Steven Gerrard in like oh nine, oh ten, and the play today, it's it's black and white. We have to admit that. But we need we need to get a top midfielder in there, but today, Emre Can and, and Hendo are our two best centre midfielders. Yeah. They should, in all of their games, they should be nailed on starters. And when you were talking about the other day, managing Jared, picking him in the right positions and all that, last, I don't see a lot of difference between Stevie Gerrard this season and last season regarding pace and all, because last season when we played the Diamond, we had two pacey fuckers up front, Sterling just off them, Hento and and uh, Allen pressing. So he had he had he's just he was just a quarterback. He had all the time in the world on the ball. But now he's just playing in a midfield two with Lucas, midfield two with Hento. It's just it's just I th- he he's been managed very poorly. So about about the future all all the hype is about Jordan Rossiter, but they say when everyone is asked at the club, who's the next? Who's the next Stevie G? Who's the next to come up? Cara, Stevie, all say Jordan Rossiter. When you watch him play with the under twenty ones, you know he's boss. But he's still three, four years ago for playing regularly for Liverpool Football Club. If he makes a step, he could do a he could do a what Jay Sparing. Jay Sparing was boss at the reserve team. So we need we need a figurehead in midfield. Hanto. And talking, he he's he's a good captain. I think he's he can take a job, but someone like Pogba, someone like that, okay. yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah, yeah. What what about that, Phil? The, the, looking looking to the future, is it like Gunnar says? Is it going to require, you know, someone being dropped in there with you know a, a, an established <laughs> reputation to, to help us over this period? Well, my opinion is slightly different. I, I don't think you go to go for a like-for-like like replacement for him. Mm. I think we're, the most important thing for us now is to make sure that we sign the right players for the system or formations that we plan to use. Yeah. So if Stevie goes, then the, the opportunity there is to say, OK, look, I bring in a, a, an incredible, you know, number 10. You know, I know we've got we've got we've got a lot of attacking midfielders, or bring in a, a phenomenal centre midfielder to play as part of a two that's there, and not just try to find a, a player that's very similar to Stephen Gerrard, so that we have a, a Stephen Gerrard light or a, or a similar player to him. Mm. And you build your team to suit what you have. That's the that's the key to this. You know, up until now. Steven Gerrard exploded onto Liverpool because he came through the academy because he was a brilliant footballer and all the, all the managers who've been there since have had to use Steven Gerrard to get the best out of him right 
now you're in a situation that if you go to replace him, it's not that you, it's not that you have a player sitting there that you now have to fit in or build a system around. You now are going to replace him, him or his position on the team with somebody that should fit automatically into what you want there. So if you're saying, well, actually we've got enough attacking midfielders, I don't need attacking midfielders. So you're not you're not looking for an attacking midfielder. So you're not looking for the young, explosive 05 to 09 or 01 to 09 Stephen Gerrard. You're looking to find the next Javier Mascarano to, in real terms because that's what you want in, in, in your centre midfield to lock down that defence that's actually there. Or if you're saying, I want a world class a, a, a fucking ready built world class superstar number 10 it's because you're going to move Sterling either you know as part of a two up front or you're going to do something different with Sterling so he's not in that in, in that 10 position or at the tip of a diamond or if you want the best box to box what, he, what, what, what Gunnar said you look for Pogba because he's going to just dominate your midfield as, yeah. but he'll be more Vieira than he will be Gerard. he's not going to be your you know your all action 20 goals a season centre midfielder he's going to be your Patrick Vieira just dominating everything that goes on in the actual pitch so you don't look to replace Steven Gerrard with Steven Gerrard what you do is you look to replace him with the best player for the position that you feel that you would have used Steven Gerrard in mm. and that's a different sort of argument that, that goes on there because we still have to replace we, st- we haven't successfully replaced Luis Suarez so not only do we have to replace Steven Gerrard at the end of the season in terms of what we need in midfield we also need to replace you know get another centre forward in that's going to add 20-25 goals a season because our, our signings haven't worked with that regard so th- you know th- there's a big ask now on the club regardless of who's there who's managing whatever there's a big ask on the club now to go out and sign those players and I've seen um, Brendan out today saying you know I need to sign some ready made superstars well we've tried that and it hasn't worked so we need to make sure that our target identification is better than what we've done so far and that we do drop the money that we need to drop and it's not a case of going out and buying six or seven players to keep our squad going it's about signing one, two, three players if we sign three players in the summer max and they're the three right players we will get more return out of them than signing five or six players because they're in around the seven to eight million mark you know they have to be the right players at this yeah. stage. Neil, what about that? It could be very freeing for Brendan or perhaps somebody else going forward to not have the, the Gerrard factor when they're thinking about shaping their team and thinking about who they're bringing in. Would you be inclined to agree with, 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 with the direction Phil was going there? Yeah, well, it's because it's because I think it's an obvious direction to go in. I mean, the fact, first thing to force, things are forced. Trying to replace Stephen Gerrard is never going to happen. I mean, he just players like him come around once in a generation. I mean, mm-hmm. that's obvious to everybody, isn't it? And it's not just his footballing ability. It's the whole collective package with him, a local lad and Everything so it's impossible to replace him. Um, so basically, what you're replacing is there's a gap in your first team, and you need to bring, like Phil said, someone in who's going to who's going to fit into the tactical formation that the managers, the coaching staff have in mind. And you're expecting other, you are expecting other players to step up as well. And Jordan Henderson seems to do that when Gerard is out of the team. Anyway, naturally, so I mean, his game, the level of his game does seem to step step up. Bigger. I mean, he's seven out of ten every time, mm. isn't he? Mm. And but he seems to step up to an eight, eight and a half when Gerard isn't playing. I think he likes. I think he enjoys. I think he likes the responsibility. Yeah, he mm. does enjoy the responsibility, and I think he's going to be club captain next, isn't he? I suppose it will be sure. It's yeah. going to pass yeah. on to him. So his his game will step up, and then we have to bring somebody. But we have to do. Obviously, we have to. Recruit but I think the, the thing that stands out for me is now when major players have left in the past I mean you think of Fowler obviously one that comes to everybody's mind Torres even there was always one there was always one or two other superstars in the squad or yeah. around the place yeah. now there's not there's, like Stephen Gerrard regardless of what anyone says is a superstar worldwide. yeah but I, I would say Neil when I look at the squad I don't think it's a, I don't think the dirt is there that, that everyone thinks it is I think there's just a natural fear because it, because of what's going on no, in terms I, of replacing Suarez no, and stuff I, I, I I'd, I'd, I'd the say talent to, is there Phil I do accept that but the point I'm trying to make is I'm talking about world 
renowned superstars that every, that, that other players are going to see when well, he's playing for Liverpool. I'm going to go there. That's what I'm talking. I mean, Stephen Gerrard was a draw, regardless of what anyone oh, yeah. thinks. Probably a bigger draw than Brendan Rodgers. Players wanting to Listen, go and play with Stephen Gerrard. I, I, I'm not disagree- disagreeing with that point, but you know, if you do look at it, there is that emerging draw now of Raheem Sterling. He's the, he's the you know he was the, the golden boy winner for, for for this year. People are looking to see the likes of Coutinho, Coutinho yeah. starting to develop as as, as a I just player. think of Eddie Murphy when I hear that golden boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then and then you look at Emery Chan and you look at you look at his skill set and you say these players are the players that that you build that the team should be built around for the next five years. You know mm. what I mean? Moreno, and, Moreno, you know all these young kids that that, that they brought in potential, but it's the, the the gap now that we have is yeah. that how quickly are we? Can we convert their potential to actual, you know, mainstays and, and and players that can that can deliver a top four challenge? And there is a point we've lost more experience. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. my my only regret is that he didn't stay on and become, you know, uh, uh, to, to pass on his. His knowledge, his 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 experience of the whole lot, Wait, and accepting ex- a big part role, and accepting yeah. a big part role, yeah. and being a player that you know <clears throat> when we when his need is there and pass it on. And what I'd like to hope, and and I don't really want to go massively into it myself, but for me, when you say what's the future after Gerard, I would like to think, and tweet the same last night that the club at this moment in time are developing a structure with him that says, right, look, when you're finished hmm. playing and you've called days, we want to bring you in in some type of role into the club whereby like they do with Samar like they've done with Rummenigge in, 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 in Zidane even, and yeah. Zidane yeah. in, in mm. Real Madrid yeah. they don't necessarily have to know the job seems they to can be, be brought, put on trend anyway yeah. doesn't it they can be brought in to shadow somebody to pay, like, Ajax have about 7,000 yeah but that, that's yeah. what I'm saying they, yeah. they learn the job as yeah. they go along and they become intrinsic figureheads in the club they're like Kenny you know, they're there yeah. like, in there and having an active part in the run of the club and like that attracting players back to the club attracting new players and saying well Stephen Gerrard is there as a sporting director or as, as some part of the technical coaching staff mm. well he doesn't actually have to be doing the coaching but he's there as being you know not so I hate using the word ambassador but he's there as part of the, the yeah, fabric of the actual Yeah and I think the, the advantage of that is as well it's not a shadow hanging over the, over the manager either like Kenny is, is it does cast a bit of a shadow I know just as an ambassadorial role but Gerard or, or Zidane at Real Madrid for example they don't really do that because they know their job isn't under threat from them they're not always yeah. following them around I think yeah that's it well it seems to be the current trend and I'd be very surprised if we didn't I'd, follow I'd love it to anyway. see it. I'd, I'd love to see it it would have been nice maybe had there been and I think um, John Henry and Tom Werner did hint at it they said there will always be a role from at the club when mm. he decides that his playing time is finished and you know that's, 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 the, that's a very positive statement to put out there and I hope they follow through on it because you know, like a bit like the Carragher thing and the whole lot. You know, if you bring them in in some type of capacity into the club and make them part of the actual fabric of the club, the club will just benefit from it because it retains that 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 local touch, the the, the presence with you know that that feeling that the club still has its roots in ground. Liverpool do have a history of doing that as well. In mm-hmm. fairness, so don't they? I mean that the the legends. I do that little thing with my fingers again. Yeah. They always seem to be around the place, don't they? So yeah. I suppose there's a bit there's a history of that there, the boot room and all that carry on. When you're talking about replacing Stevie Gerrard, when you, if you replaced him in 09, he was an attacking midfielder at number 10. Now, if you replaced him, he's probably a, more of a centre midfielder or a TM. So, but the club seems to be moving heaven and earth. You get Shakiri in now. Mm-hmm. Have, like Jay said to me in a load of us, they, they've tabled a bit and they're trying to get him. And news just broke now that already he's coming back this January and it's everywhere on Twitter now. He's coming back. The striker? Yeah. Blown. So. They're bringing in that number ten and the, a strike. They're bringing Origi in, are they? Hmm. Yeah, Origi's coming in. Is this is this hot off the press gun or is it? 
Just off the wires. Just off the wires. Origi is coming back. Trev, quick, rewrite the agenda. Rewrite the agenda. Yeah, that's that's exciting. He scored three goals this season or something. Let's start this again. The Origi special. Yeah. So so yeah. So what about though? Just to touch on what the other two lads were talking about with yourself. What do you what do you envisage Gunnar as 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 Jared's role? Like he's he's mentioned himself several times, and as as Phil says, the owners even mentioned it. What do you, what do you reckon is the is the future for Jared when he does come back? What what kind of role? He should be like like they said, Prince Bird ambassador or something like that to begin with. But we all know maybe it won't be a good thing. It would end like Kenny did, being sacked and all that. But Stevie Gerrard or Jamie Carragher, one of them or both of them. We'll manage Liverpool one day. It's just it's just written in the stars. I more so maybe Carragher. He's I think he's more of a captain uh, manager type. But TV get get out. We'll be back in the club in five years max. He'll be back. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> I think it's going to hit him hard when he's watching Liverpool play next season. Yeah. Even though he may be enjoying his time in the sun with Alex and the girls and all that, but. One thing, <laughs> I just have to throw this in there. One thing bugs me because he quit England to focus on Liverpool, to prolong his... As the, Jamie Carragher touched on this also. It's like we're not being told absolutely everything because I think somewhere in there, there was a contract argument or something because he quit England so he can focus on Liverpool and prolong his career two to three years. And then suddenly when he gets hinted that he's gonna manage his time he's, he's gonna bow out but I think there's something I, I don't think that we're getting told everything that's going on behind the scenes mm. yeah well we rarely do I guess we rarely yeah. do um, I, I don't think that's a, for me the way, my reading of the whole thing was that you know you, you can't foretell how you're gonna see a player in training and if you can keep up the same levels or standards or, or where you expect the team is going to be and not, things can change quite quickly in football look at Rogers for example do you know what I mean like last year everyone is, is talking about him being there for ten years and now we're all talking about his position being in doubt so things change quickly in football and for me when looking at Gerard this year he hasn't been anywhere near the level that we're talking last year now it, it does there's there's parts in this that's you know that's Poor, man, poor management in terms of the tactics and stuff that's been employed and where he's been using it but there's also the natural fact that he's he's going to be 35 at the end of next yeah. he's 34 now he's going to be 25 at the end of this season there's an age thing here as well he is so slowing th- down you, th- you think this just basically was happening um, it, yeah. it, was, it was just something that was was going to happen yeah and, uh, despite I, all the arrangements I, I think and, and, and Andy's touching it as well in, in the past and this you know for the first time this season I've seen Gerard not being able to give you can, and you can see with it, even in himself, he's looked on the pitch. He hasn't been, he hasn't, you know, when, when, when things have been happening, whereas it would have gotten to him before, there's almost a resignation that he couldn't do those type of things anymore. Now, just now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And we're talking recently, and that, yeah. that even wasn't there last year. Like when, when the slip happened against Chelsea, if you remember the whole second half, he went back to being the Steven Gerrard of old, where he was trying to make up for his mistake, mm. right? And the whole lot. This year, he hasn't been able to make up for those mistakes. He hasn't had... I, ha- I haven't seen the energy levels there. Now, I don't know whether there's a combination of a World Cup that maybe was a World Cup too far from in terms of what, what, you know, mm-hmm. what it was done, a shortened pre-season and then going in and playing nearly every single game. It comes back again to the management of his time on the actual pitch, but yeah. it just doesn't look like he has the same energy levels to do what he used to do. And if he takes himself out of the Liverpool team and puts him into, in, into a different side where he doesn't have the same 
level of expectations internally himself and expectations of himself for what he wants to do for the city and the club and the whole lot it probably frees him up to just, just enjoy his, enjoy his football yeah. over the last two I, years I, I think everyone would like to see him having, a, having that chance you know in the States um, I suppose we, we should sort of get to um, the contributions that were made by our, by our, our, our yeah, listeners just, via Twitter if you want yeah, to yeah I suppose we lashed it out just so normally we do trippers chats and the whole lot, yeah. right? But I just thought it'd be nice to get you know people who listen to it to get their to get their memories of, of of things of the brilliant things that that happened with them over the season, and it's an easier way because we're not going to cover everything. Well, know? now of course an awful lot of the, these we will have touched on, so yeah. we, we'll just we'll, I'll just get down through them, and if people want to comment as as we go, um, I, I, they're kind of in reverse order they came in. Um, so the most recent one I had there was from from Terry Clag, uh, and Terry says. The, the the most outstanding moment for him was the the goal and the celebration in uh, against the Manx in two thousand one and we uh, we've we've pretty much and covered that one off and, and the little dive as well yeah um, Dean uh, talks about the the Old Trafford celebrations and the camera kiss and he also uh, he's joined by by Cody and Cody talks about I think Neil mentioned it basically. The, the idea of having a, a signature celebration on oh, Old Trafford. I mean, it's who, brilliant, who, isn't it? Like, as he says, who else could ever have that? Only, only Danny Morphy and Robbie Fowler. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't even do that. You no, know what I mean? No. Like, it, it's 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 a, it's peculiar to him, and it could only be a player of his status that could, mm. you know, know they're going to do it again, you know? Yeah, you need a big pair of balls to do it, don't you? They have do. the nerve to do it. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you also have to know from the fact that you're probably going to do, you're probably, you're this gonna is do. probably yeah. going to happen again yeah. and I'm going to do this the next time I score as well. Yeah. In our efforts to not go on about the more predictable things, we've kind of given Istanbul a bit of a short shrift and one that's coming here from David, he talks about, and it's not, it's not the goal, it's not lifting the trophy. He talks about the half hour that he put in at right back in Istanbul and and yeah. and, and and the effect of that on the team in terms of just literally yeah. you could see them all being lifted. Obviously, there was a tactical change as well, but really the driving but you know power of that. He was an accomplished right back. When, yeah. when you think back, when he, he was made, really really good at right. Yeah, ball, when, yeah. When, when he came into the yeah. team, he came in as a right back. Yeah. Mm. And he had all the, like we talk about it. You know what I mean? Like you look. I at, remember Janola giving him a bit of a yeah. lesson one time, though. Yeah, and that was the last time. Yeah. Like, he, didn't happen again. No, you know that, and you know it's, it just shows the level. This fella could have played literally any position, right back, right wing. Like it's, we haven't talked about the right wing when he, when when Rafa played him on the right wing and he mm. scored twenty goals from the right wing. Well, he doesn't season. like to talk about that. I know. He's got his Beckham across on the ball. I know. And everybody was Beckham, Beckham, Beckham. But he was time. quicker than Beckham. Yeah. He had more pace well, than Beckham. So much. And he had more power. No, but look, do you know what I mean? He had more power and he had more yeah. pace than Beckham. Yeah. He would have been an, a phenomenal right winger at the time as well. So, yeah. like, it's, it stands to measure that all these positions that he excelled in, despite, you know, wanting to play centre midfield. I all suppose the time. it's interesting what you hear about Balotelli. I know he's crazy, but you hear him, he, he says he was as effective as Pirlo, but in a completely different way. I yeah. mean, Pirlo controlled the game with passing and control and, and controlled the pace of the game. Gerard was, he controlled the game in a completely different way. It was just. Bursts, wasn't it? Mm. And and that, that's my theory. And leading by atti- by attitude as much as anything else, and then sheer ability as well. And he was going to get you the goal. That's, that's all my theory. And that's what happened in Istanbul. That's Mayhem. what, I'm, that's what mm. I'm getting to about the Istanbul thing. I mean, that's how he got us back into it. It wasn't by as you, you know the old adage: put your foot in the ball and spray it around. It wasn't that at all. It was just pure force leadership. Yeah, and and it, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do it first. I'm gonna get the goal. And then we and then we'll go. And he was the but only person that was going to get it. Wasn't think, he? Think, yeah. of the, think of the header. 
The header, when you, when you look back beat. at it, it's immense. Yeah. Like the, the actual ability to head it, it was in Rush-esque in terms yeah. of, you know, yeah. it, was, it was almost behind him and he's arching his neck and he's torn and it. And directs oh, it. It's beautiful. It's a phenomenal yeah, header. Yeah, like, yeah. And it, the, the, the madness was, as soon as that goes in, every single one of us thought, hang on a second. Mm. You know, it was that moment, yeah. it's that moment that, that suddenly, all of a sudden, and we should have no right, it's 3-1 against AC Milan, we've just been played off the park in the I first half. I'd left the room, I was... I was crying in the corner. I was on the 97th meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to come with a... I have to confess something. Go, uh, go. We love a confession. Were here. you at the grave again? And, uh... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He wasn't that, yeah. Wasn't that. <laughs> you were digging it, were you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That match killed him. Uh, I missed the game. Oh, no way. The simple game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I had booked a flight to... Uh, with... Me, me, girlfriend and her, her family to Costa de Sol. Mm. <laughs> no five. So you just couldn't get out of it. The twenty, the twenty fifth <laughs> of May, we came out and I was always ringing on my phone. How how's the score and everything? And me, me dad rang me. We were on the bus coming from the airport. Said one nil AC Milan. Fuck sake. <laughs> came, came into the hotel, just checking in, waiting for the guy to come check us in then he had celebrations at the bar at the hotel I just ran in there so as a Milan scored the second one and then soon the third one and I was like fuck that I'm not watching that yeah. and just, just two or three hours later I get a phone call I was just moody as fuck <laughs> ruined <laughs> the vacation for me my girlfriend and she's why is you moody Liverpool just lost the fucking European Cup final <laughs> I just went to make a phone call for me ma What's the game? No idea. What's the fucking game? This <laughs> was one, and I just I dropped me phone. <laughs> I'm speechless. I just I get hairs on me neck just saying that right now. That moment, yeah. You just won in a penalty shootout. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it, sure, it certainly <laughs> was. And uh, what about what about another one that's been touched on there? Uh, John talks about John Swain on Twitter. Um, also, Kev Kelly and uh, we've got Sibley and uh, N White. All these guys mentioning this uh, run into the end of the season. And one in particular, one thing that keeps coming up here is the whole "we go again" speech. Now it's been done to death, and an awful lot of people. Uh, more cynical types like ourselves, perhaps. It's a bit cringy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's coming up here. So many people have suggested it as a thing. So, so recent. It's, it's because... It goes back to my thing about recent, you know, uh, so many of our memories that we, that we that, that stand out for us will be in the recent past as opposed mm. to going back to say 01, 02, 03, 04. You know what I mean? Mm. And that, if, if you think about it, that how many times you don't really hear the players on the pitch. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a real sort of rare thing to yeah. happen that they that, 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 that hear the huddle and you hear what's being said in the actual huddle because it's just not it's not normally done I don't remember another time you can that. see it then though they really did believe they were going to win the league then didn't they yeah that, it was probably if this is going to happen we're nearly there and it kind of and the fact that you're right Phil that it got into the public domain and we got a little I suppose a little sneaky, sneaky peek of what's going on inside yeah, yeah. that ha- usually happens in the dressing room it probably would have been better if they had it left it till the dressing room really because it didn't really pan out well the whole slip line in the middle of it was unfortunate there you go again that's yeah. the third time I didn't think we were thought we weren't going to mention it yeah yeah uh, if, if you it's look the tragedy. it's the tragedy it's, it is it is the tragedy. It is the yeah. tragedy. Yeah. Actually, there's, there's somebody there. Greg mentions there. The slip. He says, you know, you've got to embrace the tragedy as, as part of the that story as well. That was a poxy well. six months for him, wasn't it? Then oh, the what a run! Yeah, what a run! I for think the that kid. had a massive factor in his decision this season as well. Yeah. And I wonder. I suppose you say he has to have the, he has to have a strength of character and all that, but 
it has to affect him the, the, the grief he's been getting from the terraces home and away. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying from Liverpool fans, but away fans in Anfield. I mean, do you think? I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to say I don't know the chap, but it must get to him and he must have a pain I, in I, his I hole listening to it. I think, um, I, I said it to you, hmm. I don't think the songs get to him. I think the the commencement of groans when he gets on the ball in Anfield would have a bigger effect yeah. on yeah. him than, say, the actual songs that are being sang against them, because you know, it, it's it's the thing now. It's a, an unchar- an uncharacteristic stray long ball from Stephen Gerrard. Well, it's not uncharacteristic at, at, at anymore. You know what I mean? There's, there's so many times that it's an overplay, overplayed or a misplaced pass now at this stage. So th- that type of thing, sort of, you know, I think that gets that that will get to him more than any any song to the same. They've been singing songs about him for fucking years. We we we've talked about the many 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 football moments. I, I was particularly uh, particularly amused by the ones that came in, by some of the ones that came in here. Carl, for example, talks about um, one of his outstanding Jared memories is uh, watching him picking uh, baby puke out of the pool. Which <laughs> on that, that documentary, what that documentary he did. is that? That's it was it was the vomit documentary. No, no, it was, it was b- behind the scenes. <laughs> behind the scenes. Puke out of the pool. Com. No, uh, I've never seen it. Uh, I, I, another one as well that was mentioned um, was. Uh, <laughs> his, it says Stevie so coolly admitted his love for Phil Collins publicly and nearly did time for him <laughs> which, uh, which of course goes back to a certain story that we all yeah, know yeah, some uh, of the details that's about. a misnomer isn't it yeah, yeah. cool and Collins yeah. quick hits Napoli the Napoli match when under Hudson he comes on and he changes the whole course of the game yeah, I think that, that came in from, yeah. from Joe Seal. We didn't we didn't mention it, but yes, the, that 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 was, and that's me. I was always backed up my theory that he would have been he would have been perfect for being used sparingly in terms of managing his game time because the impact he had in the game over forty five minutes was phenomenal that day, right? Um, there was one goal against Everton that always stands out for me, and it's not in it was in Anfield. Um, the ball is, is is played out. He wins the header, which flicks onto Torres. Torres flicks it up onto his knee and his chest. And there's a reverse back heel pass around the corner, which Gerard has started his run from the halfway line, gets onto the end of it, just drives past Lescott and slots it into the bottom corner of Anfield. That was like, for me, that's that was incredible. That's the summation of that thing you were talking about earlier on, those two in tandem, that yeah, world-class pair. That just, they were just electric together. Electric. You know, and whenever I think back, nearly every time I think back to the moments, there's so many times I think of the two of them in tandem, or the two, or... It was always when I when I think of Torres, I think of him and Torres celebrate. When I think of Gerard at his at his peak, I think of him and Torres celebrating. They are always, always, always. It always comes back to that memory. Mm-hmm. One that one that's almost like the direct opposite of what we're talking about now, and the reason that this pod has occurred is uh, also coming from Gareth. And Gareth talks about how his one of his outstanding memories is, is Stevie arriving to to Melwood in that shitty pink shirt of his with with his toilet bag under his arm the day that he decided to stay after the whole Chelsea flirtation thing, and that was. Quite a significant thing for a lot of people. It's like to what Neil said, though, it did feel like a new sign. It was like all of a sudden, Jesus. But you know what's really interesting is that an awful lot of these, their people have shared memories that, like, you know, having posters on the wall, or I, I think it was Sam mentioned meeting Stevie when he was uh, nine. I or think that's or definitely, like that. definitely, definitely worth you know mentioning. Like it, Sam got Sam McGuire, wasn't he? Yeah, he went to Melwood. Yeah. And, and basic, basically, let, Stevie lets him let him score a pen on him, and so he, he couldn't he, play and go. <laughs> no, and he, but he's know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he, he brings home the same football. Like an awful lot of people who contacted us, you know, the, Stephen's massive. He's he's the key part of their football lives. Probably the reason an awful lot of people started supporting Liverpool. Mm. You know, um, I just ran completely out of something to say there. <laughs> I think that is the first time ever. That is the first yeah. ever. Yeah, that's because it's not written down, Bromborgly. 
It's probably, <laughs> it's probably, it's probably yeah, I've got no Go fuck down. yourself, San Diego. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just, it's just gone blank there. Just gone blank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, well, look, I suppose we'll wrap it up at that stage then um, with, with uh, the usual downy humiliation. It's nice. <laughs> nice to have a weekly one of those. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, look, I suppose, uh, I'm glad we did this because it was nice to reminisce about the, the times that it... it that he's given us over the last massively out of character for you as well. well no, I, know, I know you struggle through. And normally I'm a cynical fucker, you know what yeah, I mean. But when, when, yeah. when you sit down and you watch the highlight reel, yeah, it's a phenomenal highlight reel to watch, and it's you know it's, it, it's it does a, a remind you a remind you of how good he was. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's as I said, yeah, I definitely feel that he should be kept. He should be part of the fabric of the club when he decides to retire from football. A rose among the weeds. Beautiful. <laughs> 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 All right, let's finish it there. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.